0: There's so much that you want to tell God. We're in the presence of God. There's so much, so many questions that you want to ask. So many things that you want to just get off your chest. But the word of God in, in, in Romans 8, it says, collectively. Hear me now, collectively, beloved, when you know not what to pray, don't worry about how you sound, because the result of the prayer is not predicated upon your words. I'm going to get in my lesson today, but... The result of your prayer is not predicated upon your presentation. It's not predicated upon whether or not you dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's when you're talking to God. It's predicated upon God's power. So, when you get to that place... And you don't have anything to say. You don't know what to say. All you have is and oh, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all ain't been there, but I'm talking to the people that that they don't know what else to say. The doctors don't told them. They don't know, and all they can say is God. Oh, when well, my brother was murdered. what to say. All I could do was cry. When I would think about the things that we had been through, the times that I was like, bro, I know you my protection. All I could think, all I could do was cry. I didn't have any words. People would call me, people would text me. I didn't have anything to say. And when I tried to try to pray all I can say is God you know my heart I will wake up and say oh oh, my heart God love it's not predicated upon what you say it's not predicated upon your presentation. It's, pre- it's predicated upon the proclamation. You recognize that God is sovereign. Amen? Okay. God is good. God is good. Amen, amen, amen. So let's give honor to the man, the family of this house, Pastor Redmond. Amen, amen, amen. He is, he is on the missionary field and God, we just pray that he, God will continue to protect him, continue to guide him. And we look forward. I know y'all like, how you say we? because I talk to him all the time. I'm always texting them, right? And I, we look, I was about to say I, but we look forward to what God does in his life and what God brings him back and operates in. Amen? Amen. 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 And, and to all our veterans, to all our veterans, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you have done, how you served and, and to, to make sure that this place that we call home, the United States, right, uh, and, and globally, uh, is safe. Amen? So thank you so much, thank you so much, and um, we're truly, truly grateful for that. Um, and I, I just wanna say, uh, um, my wife, my my baby there, yeah. I, yeah, I celebrate <laughs> you. Y- y'all don't have to celebrate, I celebrate <laughs> your girl. <laughs> She understands. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people, they, 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 they like, oh, man, it is so awesome. But she knows behind the scenes. She sees when I'm crying. She's the one that's up late at night and when I'm sick and when when I'm just down. She's the one that encourages me. So I thank God for you. Me. I mean that. I mean that. Whew. All right. Y'all messed me up. I was trying to... Y'all know I normally come in and I'm all excited. Man, but the presence of God is here. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, so... So, Ewis Weirley said, I like to turn things upside down to watch pictures and situations from another perspective. He says, I like to turn things upside down To watch pictures and situations from another perspective. So, so when I was young, when I was a kid, they considered me the playground guru. I was the playground guru. Why? Because there was, there was not one piece of playground equipment that I could not master. You put it in front of me, I would master it. Monkey bars, I would master it. Hoops, I would master it. Hopscotch, I would master it. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. There was nothing that you put in front of me that I could not master. All right? But I found this particular focus in on the merry-go-round. Uh, some of y'all are like, yeah, the merry-go-round, okay. right? I love the merry-go-round because of its ease and velocity, all right? Of its ease and velocity, literally, the usage of it changed my life. All right, y'all. I need y'all to remember. I, some of y'all were like, "No, nah, I wasn't able to get on the merry-go-round. My parents didn't let me." Well, let me tell you something about the merry-go-round, right? Particularly when I was in school, and the teachers would get on my nerves because I didn't do my homework, and they told me that I had ten minutes less of recess. They made me mad, particularly when I was dealing with my peers and they would say something or they didn't give me their extra piece of pizza. It made me mad. So I had to go to the merry-go-round and release my stress. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I would get out there. And I would push and push and push. And it was like, stop, no, push and push and push. I was trying to release my stress. The merry-go-round did some wonderful things. (laughs) And particularly, there was times when I wanted to to show my toughness, right? So what I would do is I would beg the strongest person to push the merry-go-round. And I would lock my feet in and I would hold my hands out, y'all, ain't. No, none of y'all. See, see, I told y'all the merry-go-round changed my life. I would lock my feet in, and I would hold my hands out, and I would show them that I was the toughest as I was going around and around and around. (laughs) But the merry-go-round changed my life. In particular, when I would get on the merry-go-round on those days that it was good, but Sometimes I would sit in the middle on top of the bars and the way that I started was different than the way that I ended. Y'all ain't talking to me. The way that I started, the way, the way that I saw things, like right now, if the merry-go-round was right here, I would sit. And the way that I see you now, after they began to spin me around and around and around and around and around and around, my perspective began to change. Come on, talk to me. My perspective began to change. And guess what? Even till this day, life. Is sometimes like the merry-go-round. Situations in life is sometimes like the merry-go-round. When you find yourself going around and around and around and around. around. The simple solution is this. Get off. (laughs) The simple solution is this. Get off. The simplest solution is this. Guess what? When you are in situations and it feels as though they are taking you around and around and around, just get off. Because outside elements can affect your perspective. Outside elements can affect your perspective. Check this out. Gossip. If y'all don't believe me, gossip. Right? You meet someone, right? And it seems as though they are the sweetest people. It's like, man, they have a great spirit. Oh, man, I see them sing, hey, man. They even bake sweet potato pie. If y'all know me, I love sweet potato pie. But check this out: when you get into gossip, gossip taints your perspective. Gossip taints what you see, and now the very person that you thought was so sweet, now you question their motives. You question whether or not they actually made the sweet potato pie the right way or not. Right? Gossip taints your your perspective. Check this out: what about frustration? Frustration? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone deal with what I call the mangry syndrome? No, 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 no. So the mangry syndrome is this right here. When when you're hungry, right, and your process of getting to the food is a little bit slower than what you would like, and your hunger now turns into being mad, right, and angry, and when that happens, the way that you view things, come on, y'all ain't talking to me. The way that you view things is kind of off. Yeah, it's purple when it's red. Yeah, it's blue when it's purple. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I'll sign it. I don't care. Just get me some food. Y'all, oh, come on. Come on. Right. But what about this? What about when you're in? a serious situation and they robbed the place. And what you came into was just a normal day. And by the outside element coming in and robbing the place, now it turns what you normally would trust into something that's skeptical. See, outside elements can affect your perspective. But how about this? A principle being a perspective is healthier with disciplined faith. A perspective is healthier with disciplined faith. What am I saying? A perspective, the way that you see things, it can be healthier, it can be sculpted, and it can be molded if you have a healthy faith. What do you think about God's sovereignty? Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say, God is, God is faithful. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Say, God is, God is faithful. Now, this time that was cool, but this time now I want you to say it like you mean it, like you really believe it, right? God is faithful. Y'all y- 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 believe that? Y'all believe that God is faithful? Y'all believe that God is sovereign? Right Then let me ask you this question. What about the baggage that you are carrying into the situation of saying that God is faithful and that God is sovereign? Do you truly believe that God is able? Do you truly believe that God is able? We can say that God is faithful. We can say that God is sovereign. Amen, because that's looking outwardly. But let me ask you this question looking inside. Do you believe God is able? God will challenge your doubt to correct your faith. God will challenge your doubt to correct your faith. God will challenge the very thing that you say, well, I don't know about this. I know that they have given me some truths, but I don't know because of the situations that have happened in my past. I don't And it is those very things that you are sitting on the wall concerning are the things that God will come in and challenge. That your faith may be corrected. Do y'all hear me? Mark 9 verses 22 through 24 we find Jesus coming in to a scenario. Mark 21 says, Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? What has happened here is Jesus is now transitioned from the mountain of transfiguration and he is met with a crowd and his disciples are in the midst of it with the scribes. And in the midst of it, he is like, how long has this, what is going on? And the father speaks up and says, look, I brought my son to your disciples To see if that they could heal them, heal him, but they could not. And in verse 21, Jesus says, and how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it has often cast him into fire, into, into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Your perspective is fostered by your faith. Help my." Unbelief. Let's look at verse 22. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. You do know that burnout can distort your perspective. I said again, you do know that burnout can distort your perspective. The man, the father of the child, said that this child has been convulsing, has been having to deal with the spirit from childhood. But not only that, the man brought the child to Jesus' disciples knowing, well surely if the Messiah is the Messiah, and you are a disciple of the Messiah, then surely if I bring my child to you, then you can deliver him. And they didn't. Surely, if you are said to be a doctor and you are the best doctor around, and I bring my disease, I bring my health ailment to you because they say that you are a specialty or a specialist, surely you can help me. But they didn't. Your perspective. Is fostered by your faith, and 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 stagnant tensions can cause weary faith. Stagnant tensions can cause weary faith. Have you ever been in a situation where you are wanting things to change, but those things that you want to change are not? They are still going on. They're still going on. They're still going on. As though it is on the merry-go-round, around, and around, and around, and around because it is stagnant because it is tension because it is causing your faith to now wonder your expectation changes yes I know I know that if I bring this up in the judicial system clearly it's going to change. I know, next time, I know. If we bring this up and we have evidence, clearly it's going to change. I, you know what? I don't even know. Not to say that all of our judicial system is Is an error. Amen. Amen. But, beloved, at what point do you start believing? Let me talk to you. I know I got this job interview. And what? I'm going to get nice. I'm going to get. What? Oh, yes, they said it. Also, it's a phone interview. Okay, not a problem. I'm going to look good because, you know, I dress the way that I feel and, and I, I want them to know that I'm sharp. Thank you. We will get back with, it, with you in the next uh, two weeks, okay, because we're really trying to fill this position. By the tenth time that you are now having to have a phone interview, you don't even dress up for the occasion because your faith gets Expectations can change when there is no change. But love. Don't, mm. don't allow fatigue to rob your spirit. Let me drink a little bit. Don't allow fatigue to rob your spirit. Let me drink a little bit. Cause y'all ain't understanding what I'm saying. Don't allow fatigue to rob your spirit. Let me. Mm. Let me drink a little bit more of this right here, because this is good. Don't allow fatigue to rob your spirit. Mm. Some of y'all are. It's just like this situation here, right? Don't allow fatigue to rob your spirit. And some of y'all are just like this situation here. I ain't talking about me drinking the water. I'm talking about you being the cup. So when you are pouring out, sometimes you got to go back to be filled. Don't allow for to rob your spirit, beloved. The more you pour out, the more you expect. Go back and get some more feeling. The more you pour out, the more you expect. Go back and get feeling. Why? Because. Because. If you do not, tension can rob you of your faith. Expectations are changed when there is no change. Do not allow fatigue to rob your spirit. When you pour out, go back, get poured in. So he says, He says, He says, It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able, if you are able. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Messiah. He has, been dealing, he has been dealing with this since the child has been born, since his childhood, and he has took him, if he's a good father, he has taken him to every person that could make a change, even Jesus' disciples. But if you can do something, do not allow fatigue. To rob your spirit. Do you hear me? Verse 23. Jesus said to him, If you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Verse 22, us burnout can distort your perspective. 23, faith activates your perspective. Faith activates your perspective. I asked y'all, how many of you believe that God is sovereign? And everybody was like, amen. I asked y'all, did you believe that God could do it? And everybody, and I asked y'all, did y'all recognize the baggage that you brought on the journey? Check this out. Check this out. Faith activates your perspective. I do want you to note that Jesus did not say, well, yeah, of course I can. Who do you think I am? He says, if it is possible, if it's You can do something about my situation. Please intervene. Is there anyone saying, please intervene? God, you know where I am. Please intervene. God, if you can just change this situation, please intervene. But Jesus says, if you are able... Jesus didn't say, well, of course, I am able. Jesus says, if you are able, Jesus turns the situation around and says, I need you to look at yourself. Of course, I am able, but I don't need the focus to be on me. I need the focus to be on you. Why? Because God's sovereignty is a part of your past. Mm, Let me drop that right there. God's sovereignty is a part of, how do you think you're still standing? Yeah, yeah.
1: Beloved, how do
0: you think you're still standing when they counted you out? How do you think you're still standing when they monopolize and try to turn the situations on you? God's sovereignty is a part of your past. You need to check the track record, baby. It's okay. Okay, something, 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 something. not yet, not yet, something, something, something are looking at me like, okay, yeah. But if it was not for God, if God would have removed his hand off of your life, you could have been on crack. If it wasn't for God, hand on your life. You could have been infected with that disease. If it wasn't for God, hand on your life, you would not have the position. You would not have the house. You would not have the wife. You would not have the children. If it was not for God, his sovereignty is a part of your past. Check this out. Doubt doesn't diminish God. Just because you say it's not does not mean that it's not. Just because you don't believe does not mean that it can't happen. Okay. Just because you might have doubt does not mean that this situation won't transpire and God will get the glory out of it. Beloved, let me tell you something. Doubt cannot diminish God because God is bigger than doubt. God is bigger than thoughts. God is bigger than your feelings. God is bigger than this world. God is Sovereign. God is bigger. God is sovereign. God will. God will challenge your doubts to correct your faith. Jesus says if You are able. The man with the child that has suffered this situation from his childhood says, Jesus, look at here now. I brought my child to your disciples. And I was expecting a situation to shift. The scribes couldn't even tell me what was going on. Notice, notice, read the scriptures. Notice Jesus asked. What are you questioning them about? The scribes couldn't even say anything. And the father says, now Jesus, look. Can you please, if you you have the power, if you have the authority, because what I see right now is a spirit ruling my family. What I see right now is a situation that I've seen all my life in my child. What I see right now is a situation not changing but God if you are able God if you have the authority God if you have the jurisdiction over this child's life please if possible change my son's situation and Jesus says it's not about me it's about you if you are able Why does he say, if you are able? If you are able, why? Because all things are possible for the one that believes. What is he saying? He's saying, look, baby, I need you to change your perspective. I understand that situations are stagnant. I understand that situations aren't working out the way that you want them to work out, but I don't need the the situation or your perspective to change on me. I need you to go back and look at your situation because when you're, when you're, Faith is active. Then your perspective is active. Amen? Amen. So, 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 so verse 24. Verse 24, he says, immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. <laughs> I believe, help my unbelief. I don't believe it was that quick. I believe he said, yes, I believe. Hold on. Hold on. Well, I did ask him if it was possible. How many times have you said, yes, I believe? How many times have you uh, announced or you proclaimed something that you truly did not believe? Let me ask you this question. What, what happens when, when your confession does not align with your belief? I ask it again, and I'll slow it down. What happens when your confession, what you say that you believe, it does not align with what you believe? Let me give you some background with this pericope. And this pericope, it starts in verses 14, and it goes down to verse 29. But if you look in Mark 8, right, Jesus is walking around and Jesus says, hey, who does man say I am? And the disciples said, some say that you are uh, John the Baptist. Some say that you are Elisha. Some say that you are some other prophet. And Jesus said, okay. So who do you say I am? (laughs) And it was Peter. Track with me now. It was Peter that said, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. You are Mark 9 opens, right after Jesus goes in and says, amen. So let me tell you this, since you have proclaimed that I am the Messiah, the Son of Man has to suffer and be rejected. And it is who, Peter, that says, hold on, Jesus, you are the Messiah, And from the Jewish custom, you are to bring in a kingdom reign. You are to bring in a type of government physically here on earth. So how are you to say that you are to die? He says, get behind me, say that. For your focus is on earthly things and not on the kingdom." So Mark 9 opens up and says that Jesus takes who? Peter, James, and John. Where? To the mountain that we now call the Mount Transfiguration, right? Where there, Peter, James, and John is met with who? <laughs> Elisha and Moses. Why Elijah and Moses? Wow. Well, because Elijah represents redemption, the redemptive narrative that God has already proclaimed in the Old Testament and it is fulfilled in the New. Amen. Why Moses? Because Moses represents all the prophets. Amen. So what they see, Peter, James, and John sees redemption and all the prophets summed with Jesus. And it is this Peter that said that Jesus was the Messiah. He is now the one that says, oh, Jesus, let me build three tabernacles for one for each of you. Why? Because he was afraid. Because of what he saw, he did not understand, and because he did not understand it, he just felt as though he had to do something. And it is God the Father now that in some type you would see as a rebuke and says, hey, this is my son. It is the Peter that recognizes that he is the Messiah, right? But it is also the Peter that tries to rebuke Jesus and Jesus rebukes him. It is also the Peter that sees it, that sees Elijah and Moses and thinks because he sees them that he needs to build tabernacles. Because he did not understand And as they are now, as they are now moving down the mountain, they are greeted by the disciples and the crowd. Jesus asks, how long? Since childhood. But if you can change something, please do it. Jesus says, if you are able, for all things are possible for the one that believes And what you have in this pericope is is, is the gospel being shown that, look, you have to change the way that you see God. Why? Because burnout alters your perspective. Faith activates your perspective. Alignment strengthens your perspective. The man of the father says, I believe. I hear the good news. Yes, yes. You said that you can change this situation. Yes, I believe. But hold on. There's some issues of my past that I need help with. Are there issues of your past that while you're proclaiming that you believe, They're hindering you from truly believing. While you say that you believe that God is sovereign, because of these doubts, because of these mishaps, because of these past situations, they have caused you a small portion to question God's authority. I believe Jesus, Jesus casts out the demon When you look at the whole narrative from 14 to 29, Jesus casts out the demon but the crook of the text is with the Father. Why? Because God can do all things. Hear me now. God can do all things. But what about your perspective of God? Whether you believe or not, that's, that doesn't change God. I firmly believe that God is more interested in who you are and how you are moving about in life than a miracle because the miracle is given. But what about you? What about your view of God? Do you truly believe that God is sovereign? Or do you believe that due to the authorities of this world, due to those that are in the White House, due to those that are in the judicial system, due to those that own the company, due to those that are in your family, it does not matter. Due to those, those powers trump God. Because perspective proceeds from belief. What you hear and say shapes your sight. My illustration about the merry-go-round, it goes around and around and around and around and around and around. And many of us find ourselves in the situation of God, everything is going great. Amen. I feel strong. I am that super Christian. And when things fall out, God, I don't know if I can get up out of the bed because of the depression that I am suffering. And then God delivers. And then it's like, God, I feel great. Amen. And then something else comes and it goes around and around and around and around and around and around and around. around. Could it be? That this circle that we might find ourselves in is due to our perspective of who God is, of who the one that we're talking to. Jesus says, If you Love, let's stand. I know it's Veterans Day, it's the Lord's Day, and we are victorious. It's Veterans Day, it's the Lord's Day, and we are victorious. I know some of y'all are like, hold on, Veterans Day was yesterday. I'm I'm giving you an extra day. It's Veterans Day. It's the Lord's Day. And we are victorious. I heard someone say, make it Monday too well. Now, that's God's thing. (laughs) But beloved, let me issue you this. Just as the Apostle Peter said it rightly. Jesus is the Messiah. And when Peter heard things that he did not like, that did not fit into his spectrum of what the Messiah should do, he doubted. Just as the man in the Father in the Scripture had all of these situations In his past, because he gave his faith, he kept giving, he kept giving, and because there was not a change, he began to be weary. But love, I submit this to you, eyes closed. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice that know they are maybe dealing with a wearied faith. I want to pray for you. Anyone under the sound of my voice, if there is one that may have a wearied faith, I want to pray for you. Secondly, if there is anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I would love to pray with you as well. And the third is like the second. I get excited when people want to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And I get excited when I can come home to a place that I know it's a great ground to call home. So if there's anyone here that you're looking for a church home, and you want to make my you want to make the body of Christ your church home, I would love to pray with you as well. So if there's anyone that may have a worried faith, I would love to pray with you. Anyone that want to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Or those that may want to make the body of Christ your church home. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, at this moment, Lord, you're dealing with us in various ways. I pray God that this word falls on good ground and if anyone is wrestling with the thought are you able God I pray now that you will arrest their hearts that you will arrest their minds and show them that you are Yet, they need to come back and get filled up. Not that they're not a Christian, but because they're tired. And you have called them to come that you might give them rest. Not that they don't love you, but because they're tired. Lord, we love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.